Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today's show today is August 12th. I can't believe we're in the middle of 12th. It feels like we had kind of a no spring, and, and now it kind of feels like really weirdly no summer, even though we can go out and stuff. Time is going by, but the seasons are different. Everything feels different. Um, just, you know, by the beaches you go, everything has this underlining quiet even with all the chaos that's going on in our world and at the same time I know people argue with me that nobody's waking up and people aren't paying attention and I'm like oh you have no idea we are paying attention we're paying attention to our own lives which is bringing us to paying attention to what's outside of us and we're looking at what's outside of us And we're saying, hey, you know what? That's not okay because in my life I found out I don't need that anymore. and I don't need this anymore. I'm actually happier without certain things. And yes, it's affecting our economy. And yes, it's affecting the way schools are. And yes, it's affecting the way life as we knew it is. But life as we knew it wasn't counting everybody. It was only counting some of us. And Christ said, there's no soul left behind. And there's no soul more important than another. And one of the ways that we can see our world better is when we see our lives in a better light. So all the stuff we were trying to catch up to, it's not even there anymore. Even with the reopenings, everything is still sketchy. It's just not falling into place because it wasn't really working. There were complaints about the educational system and keeping kids in school all day and giving them as much homework and them not getting enough life experience and them growing up and not being able to function in society with all the learning that they've had. And then we throw them into college and we charge them all this money and then they're in debt for the rest of their life. Well, that wasn't working. And the other thing that wasn't working, and I'm going to say this, and I, I didn't even think of it until Christ said it this morning, the slippery slope of ego in our relationships. Because the way we run our relationships tells us where our anger is, where our happiness is, why it's there or not. 
Because what were we left with in all of this craziness was every single relationship we have. It filtered out from what we do every day to who we do it with. Instead of not being home all day, now we are home all day. And we got reacquainted with what it's like to be home. And we got to see our relationships under this interesting microscope. Even with our own pets. Even with how we navigate around our house and what we do. Even with what we've piled up in corners. But all of that was figuratively speaking about what we also do emotionally. And that slippery slope of ego, what is that about? And I see in the chat, Liam writes, I must trust. No, I imagine trust is important in relationships. Or perhaps the old adage, truth, love, and purity. Well, the first thing Christ said, after he said, the slippery slope of ego, which I have to explain to you because it's exactly what ego does, is that we define our relationships. Every relationship we have with our parents, with our friends, with our acquaintances, with our partners, chosen people that we brought into our lives, We define our relationships through truth, love, and purity. Liam had it right. There's a reason why in Origins of Truth, and for all the new listeners, because we have so many, it's so cool. But for all the new listeners, there is a book out in our world, and it's called Origins of Truth. And that book was written through me, not from me, but literally through me. And it talks about not what we say out loud or what we share, because I don't think we even had the words. I know I didn't prior to writing that book or or making sure that book was published. But it defined in my mind what what really was truth and love and purity. Not, Not only that, but I never even thought of purity. I thought I knew what love was, and to me, love was just romantic. I I didn't even think of the love that I feel for my family or my kids. I knew I felt it, but when someone said love, I only equated it with the romantic part. And truth, I kind of probably had a better relationship with, because I got in trouble for not telling it as a child, and it defined how I looked at it as an adult. But then there's that slippery slope of ego. So what does that look like? Well, you're in a relationship, and you love being there, and you know you do. You know you don't want to be anywhere else. You're honest there. You do love the person. You care if anything happens, or you're there if anything happens to be a helper. Your intentions are pure. So then why do we get those thoughts? that try to take away from the foundation and the building blocks that we have built to get there. So what does that sound like in our heads? So what it sounds like in our heads is, oh, look, 
He can't do that right. Oh, look, he's wasting your time. He always needs you. Well, isn't that what you wanted? To be part of a relationship where we needed each other? And what about me when I need things? Isn't that the relay of a relationship? Well, that's the truth. But ego starts trying to spoil the waters, right? It tries to put stuff in it and make it heavy and hard to navigate through. So it starts putting these little thoughts in your mind like, oh, brother, there he goes, burping again. Oh, look, he didn't take out the garbage. Instead of just leaving it and letting him get to it. Makes it appear as though people in love should be reading each other's minds and not giving the other person a chance to be who they are. Even in the relationship we may have with children, and we talk about them in front of others, you know, they're really messy. I can't get them to clean their room, do their homework on time, eat their vegetables, whatever it is, I can't get them to is heard by that child. Now that child feels like they're hard to reach. And they're not. But those words, that slippery slope of ego, those words we think that that's what parents should say, and these are common complaints of parents or common complaints of partners, or my parents fill in the blank. Well, your parents don't owe you anything as an adult. So don't play there. Grow up and understand that that's who they are and you're not going to change them. But you can love them. So ego comes in and it's that divide and conquer mentality of ego that wants us to pick on each other Point out what everybody's not doing. And those little things start eroding the trust that we have with each other. Because we think, oh, they're really nice now, but they actually said that I I can't keep my room clean. Or... I never do my homework. They don't hear you didn't do your homework on time. They just hear you never do your homework. So now you live up to that, which is not very high to go. And then when when mom says something nice, the child goes, oh, well, yeah, but mom also said this. And it doesn't mean we don't criticize. It doesn't mean we don't help and push along to grow. But let's say this, instead of saying it's really hard to get them to do their homework on time, what if you said they're really good at getting to their homework each and every day? Sometimes they wait a little longer in the day to get to it. Sometimes they get carried away playing because they're kids, but they always get to it. Look at the difference and how empowering that conversation is because you're coming from truth because that's the truth. They are kids. 
they do get carried away, and they do eventually get to what it is they're putting off, and they will learn how to figure out how to do it maybe earlier. Maybe they get to it and they finish it quick and say, oh, that wasn't so bad. You're coming to them with love, love of their soul, and not wanting to take away and go down that slippery slope of ego where trust is now questionable. And the purity of saying it like it is instead of adding your stuff onto it and then giving them your stuff to carry for the rest of their lives. And it's so true in relationships. You have a relationship. You're married. You have kids together. Instead of everything being okay and you pick out the one or two things that the other one doesn't do and you keep bringing it up. Like, oh, she always does the dishes the next day or she always did whatever it is. Thank you for doing the dishes because you didn't do them. And if you're waiting for someone else to do them, that someone else can do them on their time. And if you say nothing, then there's no rebellion. This is the power of silence. And they'll do them maybe that night, maybe the next morning, depending on when they can get to it. But you have to trust that they will get to it. There is this unspoken language. If you just keep going back to the filters of truth and love and purity, even in a disillusion of a, or, or just like a relationship breaking down, I have known people who have gotten back together because of how they have treated each other during the breakup and realizing how good the person was on their own without us constantly picking on them. Because the truth is, no one wants to get picked on. And we're not all perfect. It's not like, oh, I picked on that person. But that slippery slope of ego, and we just start saying things. Because we ourselves may not feel like we're doing what we should be doing. And then we pick on someone else because of that. They're feeling not only the sting we feel, but now we've given them what we have, right? those feelings of inadequacy, those feelings of ever do what I want. And then, you know, that becomes the theme of the partnership or the family. But if your filters are truth and love and purity, like am I telling the truth? Do they put off their homework? Yeah, they do. But why? Oh, I forgot. They're nine years old. And they're kids. And they naturally want to discover the world. So sitting them down is a little tough right now. So I'm going to let them know that that's a part of life. They already know they have to do it. And they will figure out how to respond to their environment better 
if I don't force them to respond my way. And parents will say, oh, but then they'll never do it. Try it. You will be surprised. You will be surprised. There's a lot trust in what we don't say. Because that trust is felt. Imagine the kid saying, Mom, I have a lot of homework. And you respond with, I trust that you'll get it done. You always pay attention to what you have to do. And then they leave you and they're like, yeah, I always pay attention to what I have to do and I will get it done. It's different than if you don't get it done, you're not going out tomorrow, young man. Oh, wow, I better get that done. Well, you know, now this rebellion comes out. And now there's a longer fight over the homework than there is to do the homework. Or your partner starts coming home late from work. They can't get their work done. It starts putting off dinner hour. It starts putting off when the kids go to bed. It starts putting off when homework starts, whatever it is. It starts putting off the garbage getting taken out and put on the street that day. So you say, it looks like work is overwhelming right now. What can I do to help? Maybe I will save dinner for you, and I'll sit with you when you come, but i got to keep the family on a schedule. Otherwise, it throws the kids off. It throws everything else off. And then when this heavy period at work goes away or is completed, We'll just go back to the normal schedule. Is that something that's okay with you? Well, sure. But what if you say, well, you're always late and we're always waiting for you. And every time we wait for you, it throws all of us off. Who do you think you are? And what does that accomplish? That accomplishes the person not wanting to come home. And knowing when they do come home, it's going to be all about them being late. And everyone ignores why. Because that slippery slope of ego that wants us to divide and conquer comes into play. And again, in Origins of Truth, what is it? Negative begets negative. Positive begets positive. Choose yourself are these the three building blocks of any relationship am I even thinking about that am I coming from truth because the truth may be that I'm hurt or I feel bad that he's late coming home from work or my mind is wandering wondering why and what could be going on But if you just tell the truth, like, hey, you know what? This disrupts everything. I know you're going through a patch right now at work. This is how we'll deal with it until it's done. And then that person, when they come home, comes home and it's their sanctuary as opposed to a battleground. Think about that. 
Everyone responds to kindness. If there's an argument and the two of you disagree and really disagree, and right now with like the political situations, I know couples who can fight all day and they literally see everything in polar opposites. Polar opposites. I mean, they're like, one is black, one is white. The other is white, the other is black. You just can't, you cannot mix the two. You just can't. And you know what they do? They talk about it. One wants to roll her eyes, worse than anything. And the other one starts telling the other one, they're accusing them of, just not being smart enough to see what's really going on. But then they say, you know what, we're going nowhere with this. I get what you're saying. You may or may not get what I'm saying, but I think we've beat this to death. Let's just stop talking about it. Not that we shouldn't disagree, but let's stop talking about it for now. Maybe we might pick it up later. Maybe there will be more information. But... Bottom line is, neither one of us are politicians. We don't know everything that we're saying. We're only repeating things we've heard. And we're creating arguments over it. And now the arguments are getting ugly. So we have a choice. We can continue to fight over something we don't know enough about. Or we can talk about something that we can do something about. like repairing certain things in our home. Or let's go for a walk and, and let's talk about movies and let's talk about books and let's talk about people. Let's not avoid politics, but if we're going to get this angry at each other over our political views, and our political views are only a quarter developed because we don't know all the information, we can agree to disagree and hear each other out because that's the truth. The slippery slope of ego will come in and say, can you believe they think that way? What an idiot. How could they think like that? How could I be married to someone who thinks like that? People have said that to me. This has been a very polarizing time in our world. But they say that to me because that slippery slope of ego wants to take away, conquer us and divide us. And if we don't see it, we will get angrier and angrier and angrier to where it spills off onto other things. And it does. So if in the beginning you have that filter... Would I want someone to approach me like that? Because we all respond to love. We all respond to truth, even if we don't like the truth. When you talk to someone who has a completely different uh, political opinion, that's like an acid test. If you say they really see that as the truth, and I really see this as the truth, do I want someone attacking me for how I feel? Or what I think. So don't attack them. But you can ask questions 
Like, well, if you really think that, how do we solve this or how do we solve that? You'd be shocked at what you will learn. And it may actually, in some ways, challenge the thought that you're right and they're wrong and there's no in-between. At the end of many political conversations, through exhaustion, we've said things like, we'll pick this up again another time. We obviously don't know enough to even have this debate or have this argument or have this discussion. Because we've taken ourselves as far as we can go. That's the truth. And the pure intent of it all wasn't to walk around and be right and to dig our heels into a solution we think is going to change the world. The world will change when we allow each other to it's a free country. Last I checked, I chose that partner. Last I checked was not everybody is the same. And if we were the same, we would be bored. We would feel like, oh my gosh, this is so not growing time in my life. Like what's going on? We're just kind of floating. We'll never get to the things we dream about in our relationships by using ego to get there, by picking on people by telling them what they do wrong and not what they do right, by that lack of balance. And it's not to fluff anybody up to the point where you're just saying nice things and you're walking around thinking that everything is great and they're going, oh, she's just nuts. It's by you being what you say. I'm going to tell you right now, in every relationship, Telling the truth is far more exciting than playing the the ego game. Playing any game. The show we did yesterday about narcissism told me that. My inbox blew up. People I know were texting me after the show. Saying, oh my God, my sister-in-law is like that. Oh my God, my... And everybody just wanted to download how horrible it feels to be around somebody who doesn't feel others. Because what happens is you're invalidated at every turn. And you don't have to be narcissistic to invalidate. It's just the point of view that we take. People really think that's the way you raise a kid. Got to be tough on them. If they cry, you don't pick them up. You're going to spoil them. Really? Dr. Spock wrote a book, I think it was in the late 50s, early 60s, that parents bought. It was like the biggest book in How to Raise Your Kids. And I should just change the name of it to How to Raise Monsters. They're not, and if you can keep remembering that if you've chosen a partner to be in your life, Let that choice be rewarding. Remind yourself that out of all the people in this world, this is who I chose. 
and I wanted to be great. And great isn't buying big things or going big places. It's how you live every single day. And if you go through the filters of truth and love and purity, you can't lose. Because then even if something or someone isn't yours, you will also see that through the lens of truth and love and purity. It's an amazing time, you guys. Ask yourself, am I being honest with myself? Am I talking to myself with love? Are my intentions good? Because then you can see the rest of the world that way. It's already over. Tomorrow is Dream Team Thursday already. I will see you tomorrow. I love you guys. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.